Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. Hi. Hi. It's Monday. I got my red lips on. We're rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind with red lips, some Homemaker Chic merch, no denim jumpers. I am your co-host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, joined over there in sweltering Washington (laughs) by Shay Elliott of the Elliott Homestead. It's 54 degrees here. We went from like 84 to 54. My tomatoes are probably like, why, God, why? (laughs) (laughs) And all the weeds are like, yee! I don't have any. Party time. Speak for yourself. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We are so happy that you all are here with us. And thanks for helping us hit 10,000 over on Instagram. So be sure you're following over there. Because now we can start to have lots of fun, mm-hmm. Instagram stories and all. It's kind of a benchmark, one of those social media benchmarks. So thanks for all of you, to all of you who are following us over there. Yeah, happy Monday. Um, Monday morning, just a little, I had a huge weekend. I, you know, I'm doing the thing. We're always talking about hospitality and and doing the thing. And I had like, you know, half the peninsula over <laughs> on Saturday night. Most of them were teenagers. At one point, I looked up and there were like 32 children out on the lawn, which is great. Just great. Mm. Um, But, you know, I did like – I went to Gordon Foods and I bought the most vulgar pack of hot dogs. Oh. And white squishy buns. Teenagers don't care. I know. I know. I made coleslaw. I had the veggie straws, you know, all the things. And then (laughs) – no, but I'm so good at this. Did I buy anything to drink? No. (laughs) did i buy cups no so i'm like here's a scummy ball jar (laughs) don't break it in the pea gravel (laughs) oh this is a whole i feel like we want i want to do our hospitality season that we did i think that was season Uh, two hot for hospitality uh i want to do that season all over again because this is one of those areas that you get so much better at as time goes on and even a year in the homemaker's life is a very long time in terms of skills that she can acquire Mm mm-hmm so I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but I actually just finally broke down and bought wood picnic tables at Lowe's, wipeable plastic tablecloths, sun um, big sun umbrellas, and oh, you're to go cups. To go cups because I was like tired of getting finding ball jars all throughout my gardens after people <laughs> would come over. <laughs> I was under the hammock the other day. I'm like, well, here's a broken one. Trying yep. to get all the glass. Yep. Yeah, Joel. Joel said he's like, okay, you're gonna have to break down to get like this is Wisconsin, so they're. They'll mm-hmm. do red solo cups. Get the red solo cups or at least a package of water. But I did take your cue. I don't know if it was on the show or on a phone call where you suggested to get like the little um hamburger joint yeah. baskets. Yeah. And the parchment paper inserts. And the teenage son was like, that was great, mom. Don't throw mm-hmm. those away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the whole point, Aiden. I'm not going to throw them mm-hmm. away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I went Easy to, to the restaurant supply store and bought like a stack this high. Perfect. Genius. Perfect. I love Mm -hmm. that. It was, yes, it was a fun and busy weekend. Um, I really struggled this weekend because you know what I had to do on Saturday? The worst shop of any homemaker slash homesteader, which is, no. Oh, thank God. No. I I hate cleaning the chicken coop. So bad. I had to clean out my root cellar in my cold storage room. And I don't- Oh, it was so bad, Angela. It took me three and a half hours because this was like the, this was the cleaning where 
it was like anything left over from last year has got to go because we're going to be bringing in this year's harvest. Right. And part of it was sad in the sense that I'm like, hey, don't go to the effort to st- I probably stored 500 pounds of beets last year that I grew. I just had a very good beet harvest and uh-huh. I probably threw away like 200 pounds. It composted. Uh, they went to the chickens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not For totally sure. wasted. We had as many beets as we could possibly want. Right. But, you know, just the little rem dregs of like tomatoes that were way past fermenting to the right degree and pickles yeah. where somebody had left the jar off. And I mean, it was moldy, on the top. scummy. Yeah. Finally, I got my family all the like, old cabbages. Ugh. I think this salsa is like past fermentation. Yeah. Mom. I think we're done here. We're done here. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I I feel that so deeply. And it actually, you know, it makes me when I face something like that. It does make me want to rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if you're going to go to this effort, you have to be more disciplined to eat the food. Right. Dang it. Anyways, what a loser. Mm-hmm. You're going to do all of that and then you're going to have leftovers? Mm-hmm. That, mm, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It is embarrassing, but it's also helpful. You know, we haven't been growing food like this in this capacity for that many years. So it was really helpful to look at it and think, okay, what are we eating? I don't want to force something on us in the sense that like, I don't need to make my kids eat beets for every meal. Mm -hmm. We eat enough veg. We don't eat garbage. So we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So for as a gardener, it helps me to gauge a, what do I need to invest time in, in preserving? Because if we don't eat this, I don't need to make it. I don't need to die on this hill. Right. There are things we want more of and things we want less of. And like sauerkraut, I could make that all day every day and no one will complain. We probably eat it twice a day, all of us, Mm -hmm. which is great. But yeah, some of the other things, not so much. So it was disgusting. It was really horrible. And here's the most horrible part. You guys ready for this? I think. (sighs) Well, I got a trainer. Oh, my friend Rochelle's a trainer. And I finally asked for her help because like I shared with you guys, I, I really do struggle. Like with this. And mentally, I don't, it bothers me. So Stu and I worked out with Rochelle on Friday. I couldn't walk this weekend. I I swear to you, I'm not being dramatic. I know. I told you like it was so bad. Saturday was so bad. My back muscles were so sore that I just kept randomly collapsing on the floor and like stretching it out like, oh, (laughs) but having to go up and down the root cellar stairs, carrying lugs of beets and jars of pickles and like if my knees kept buckling and then I would just like fall against the wall. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and Rochelle texted me and she's like, how are you feeling? I was like, I feel terrible. I feel absolutely terrible. Today is the first day where I feel like I might be OK. It's amazing how long it lasts. And now you Shocking. have to work out again tomorrow. We're doing it twice. We're meeting with her twice a week to get on the good regimen, and she's gonna teach us how to do all this stuff at home. So, okay. anyway, blah blah. Woe is me. <sighs> it was a hard weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a fun task with a sore booty. Mm-mm. No, no ma'am. Hmm. Yeah. So it was. It was good. It was. Um, but I'm excited to be back at it. I feel like every Monday it's just you get out of bed and your feet just hit the ground and you're like, all right, let's do this. 
Oh, yeah. By by 7.30 this morning, I had already had like a Zoom call and (laughs) all the things. Yeah. Sometimes it's amazing how many days, sometimes by 9.30 in the morning, I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. you've just experienced three days. Right. You've either done business and weeded and made food and cleaned. And I like that. I do like Monday mornings. Mm -hmm. It does feel really good to hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. Well, if you would like to watch... Shay get ripped over the rest of this season or fall fall against her (laughs) stairs in a heap, then you should definitely join us over on patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast because that is where you can show some love to the podcast and we will reciprocate with downloadable versions of our cookbooks and lots of fun treats. And the biggest bonus perk, I think, is that you can watch the show on video So the trailers are over on the YouTube channel, the Homemaker Chic YouTube channel, and then we make a full Mm -hmm. version and we upload that to Patreon a few days after each episode. And so that is a fun thing for you to do. You can listen on Mondays and Thursdays and then a few days later when you need another fix and you're wondering, you know, why can't we have this show five days a week? (laughs) You can watch it. We will never have this show five days. No, back. it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> that wouldn't be possible. We do love you, though. We do love you. We also love our children. We love our children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we're going to be talking about tackling design in a room. We get a lot of requests for design episodes. And both of us are kind of chewing on some projects right now. So we figured, why not? Let's do it. But before we get there, let's cue the wine music, pour a glass, and then we'll jump in. So what we'd like you to do is bookmark this page, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, um, because this is the company that Shay and I have decided to partner with to stock our wine cabinet. They supply us with beautiful wines from around the world, from little boutique, family owned, small vineyards. It's a very chic way to stock your wine cabinet. Let me say that because that grocery store wine that you stand there in the aisle and stress over can have up to 70 five or 76 ingredients they don't have to legally list including a really gross purple dye makes your teeth purple yeah so pure wine is natural and rare and getting to joy enjoy dry farm wines with us is really just one of the the great treats Mm -hmm. and here on homemaker chic we firmly believe in this concept of better not more so drink a better wine drink a little less of it do your body some favors yes yes do that because these are sugar-free, additive-free, and chemical-free. That's muy importante. People always, Um, I I talk to so many people who say wine makes me feel bad. I'm like, yeah. If it, if if you drank something, I mean, alcohol is a poison. It's a neurotoxin. So be, you know, always drink with discretion, right? But, um, there's a difference between, it's like, I call it the sourdough bread of the wine world. Your body knows what to do with it. It knows how to digest it because these wines are alive. They haven't been pasteurized. There's no artificial yeast. I mean, in order to pitch a yeast in a commercial wine, most commercial Mm -hmm. wines, you have to pasteurize it, which means heating it up, killing everything off in it, and then introducing what you want back in. Right. And Dry Farms does it with this really natural fermentation. So whatever's on the fruit, that's what you got. It's very exciting to me. Okay, I did have two glasses. No, I had two glasses of, I don't know what you want to call it, conventional wine this weekend and not big glasses. Yeah. I woke up really early the next morning, like not hungover. It's not what I'm saying, but like off. Yeah. Ugh, I need an Epsom salt bath. Just 
gross. I just felt absolutely terrible. Okay, so. Okay, so what's your sip then? Okay, today? I have a, I think I can say this. This is a Shriner. It's okay. empty. <laughs> I keep some empty bottles to talk about on the show. This is a Blaufrankisch 2018 um, from Bergenland, Austria. And um, this, uh, we had a few weeks ago. This wine is really good with pork. It's just 12.5% alcohol by volume, which is one of the benefits of drinking dry farm, that they're a nice low alcohol content. And I just, I'm still, I don't think I can get over my intrigue of the Austrian wines. Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't get them anywhere else. Have you had this one? I haven't, but I have found, maybe you've noticed Mm -hmm. the same thing with Austrian wines. Like, Mm -hmm. they're, to me, the easiest wine to pick out. Like, when I taste them, I'm like, I bet this is from Austria. And I don't yes. know quite what it is. I think it's there's always this sort of sharp, spicy aspect to Austrian wines that you don't get like with a French I wine. Do you know think what? spice is a really good word? Okay. I Have do. You, I've I, noticed this. Yes. I okay. agree with that. Okay. Like, I always try and guess with dry farms. I'm trying to get better. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a wine snob by any means. I don't know that much. But I always test myself when Stu pours me wine, I'll take a sip and I'll try to guess what country it's from. That's as that's mm. as good as I've gotten so far. And mm-hmm. actually, after a couple of years of drinking dry farms, I'm getting pretty close. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. This is a bold red, so I'm still on the bold reds package. I need to switch. I need some summer some variety. I get the bubbly. <laughs> so with dry farm, you can get three, six, nine, twelve bottles delivered. Uh friends, fourth of July is coming. And I insist that you get some rosé yes. for your 4th of July. Dry Farms varieties of rosé that they bring us are so beautiful mm-hmm. and so not syrupy. They mm-hmm. are your perfect picnic wine. Serve it to company. Everyone like universally is going to love it. And so, you know what I like to do with those is put it, I mm-hmm. pour it into like champagne glasses and I put a little chunk of like a strawberry and a blueberry for the 4th of July. It's so festive and fun. Yes. Oh, that's a really good idea. Uh Uh-huh. So I would definitely do that. And if it's your first time, you're going to get an extra bottle for a penny. So so do that. Um, This wine, I'm still on the bold red. So it's it's definitely a bold red. I think the Austrians are really easy to pair Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. food. You know, I don't have feel like I have to put much thought behind them, but this one in particular is good with pork. Okay. There you Mm -hmm. go. Well, you had it. Dry dry heard it dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Go visit, get your first order in and get a penny bottle with that first order. And as always, if you're in a state that doesn't allow the importation of alcohol, have it shipped to your local liquor store. Dry Farms will coordinate that. And usually liquor stores are super happy to do that for you. Okay. Okay. Well, we have an exciting week. So if you guys remember last season on the podcast, it was on the podcast that it was like it's an epiphany. It was an epiphany. Aww. We thought, hey, Stuart and I are living in this little like 40 square foot bedroom, which is actually this room that you see here. This was our bedroom. And we decided to move our bedroom downstairs, um, which is just a big open daylight basement. It has doors out to our pond, big windows. It's beautiful. Um, it's not beautiful. I was going to say. <laughs> And I'm sorry, do we need to go back to debt? Was this my idea? I feel like I feel like this was my great idea. It was idea. when we were talking to Jennifer. I know. Was it? I, yeah, I can't remember. I remember we were both like, oh, yeah, basement. 
Bedroom. Yeah. Basement's not really the right word. Basement, I don't like calling it a basement. it's a walkout. Because the house is built on a hill. So when you walk into the kitchen, that's ground level. But when you walk at the house from the other side, Mm -hmm. this is ground level. It's built on an angle like this. Yes. Okay. So your your bedroom's like this. Yeah. It's not underground (laughs) at all. There's no part of the bedroom that's underground. So it really is a ground level. But it's you go downstairs from anyway. Whatever. Like, let's call it garden level, like some sort of chic apartment. It's a garden city, level apartment. Garden level. That's exactly yeah, Let's call it that. Bedroom. Okay. So we moved down there. And I'm probably speaking to a lot of people right now who have pretty yucky bedrooms. For some reason, the bedroom in particular seems to be the thing that really gets the shaft. Yeah. Um, all that's to say, we have a contractor coming to help us look at what's possible. And it got me thinking, this is the perfect time for us to talk about how you go about tackling a room, regardless of budget, regardless of if you're involving contractors at all. Um, We are because we're going to try actually to bump out an exterior wall to make a bathroom. So, and this is totally in your wheelhouse. I mean, this is what Angela Reed does, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) If the internet ever crashes, you're going to find her running an interior design business somewhere in Door right. County. So you'll always know where to find her. So, um, I mean, how does Angela Reed go about designing and decorating a room? Well, I'm, uh, you know, I know my style. So I think mm-hmm. if we want to start like from a really ground level, I know we have a lot of listeners that it's kind of like the wardrobe situation where, oh, this is new. This is this uh, sort of. Yeah ownership of oh i can take take over my closet and develop a style or oh i can make my house feel the way i want to um to do that ooh somebody's knocking on my door excuse me hi okay <laughs> um excuse me uh no that's what i was going to say to do that it's really important to mm-hmm. to just have some sort of a baseline of what you like you don't have to have everything in bedrock but to know what you like. And then a lot of us like a lot of different things. So I think that's when you really mm-hmm. then turn around and look at the the architecture of the house. I mean, there's a lot of looks I really like. They're not going to go here. I have to, to work them to work within, you know, what I've been given as far as the structure of the house. So mm-hmm. I think the, I mean, it's, it's like kind of a no, it's so simple, but I think just good old fashioned magazines, just getting out just exposing yourself to a ton of different styles, going to the library and renting a huge stack of design books. And they don't always have to be new because a lot of times if you, um, a lot of times the books that are older have the photography might be not what your eye is used to these days, but there's really good content there and, mm-hmm. and ideas. So I would just start with um, getting a feel for, for what you like. Mm-hmm. And get out the sticky notes and take some screenshots and stick it up on a wall. Like put everything together on on one wall, on some poster board or cork board. You're or going something. over like 12 points all at one time. I am. I'm not even looking at the outline. Look at the outlines. My- this is like we got we have to really talk about each of these things. You're I just like slow jump, down jump, now. Jump, okay, jump, go jump. Back okay. Then. Number one. Jeez. Asking the question, like, what are we even going for like what are we trying to do here okay right sorry 
Thanks for shaming me in front of everyone. Jeez. No, I just want to make sure it's as helpful and rich as possible. So I think what we're going for here is honestly where people get. So you know what you're going for. Completely paralyzed before they. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's where they get paralyzed before they even get started. Right. Like, what do I want this to be? And I think one of the interesting things about your style. And there's a lot of different styles. You don't have to to mimic Angela's, but I guess I would sort of encourage you back to what you were saying about the books. There are timeless styles in all different kinds of styles. Mm-hmm. I do get really sort of uh, sandpapery when I see all these YouTube design videos and it's just people just constantly flipping stuff in their house. New furniture, new lighting, new rugs, new furniture, new lighting, new rugs, because because it's such a trendy look that they're going for. And as we all mm-hmm. know, trends fade. And so I guess when I'm when I'm looking at a room, what are we even going for here? I always think, how can I make this something that I don't want to redo in two years? Because mm-hmm. now it's dated. Yeah. Um, I think, too, when you're thinking of like, what am I even going for here? What do, what do you need? Yeah. You know, you and you and Stuart need privacy. You need like sanity because you're in a sweet little cottage. And so you looked at the basement as like, wow, here's this bigger space Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have to have computer equipment in it. And like we need a we need a vibe. We need an escape, you know. So I think looking whether it's your kitchen or like Mm -hmm. what what does the space need to create for Mm -hmm. your lifestyle and the way your family functions And don't you think that's kind of a balance of looking at a space and thinking, what do we need? Mm -hmm. And then also finding that beautiful balance of like, what do we want? Right. (laughs) Right. And that's really tricky, especially if in certain rooms, like let's say a living room Mm -hmm. or even a kitchen. Here's what I want in my kitchen. I also need somewhere to put my KitchenAid and my food processor, which are not that exciting to look at. Mm-hmm. Or a living room. I need somewhere to put the kids' board games and calico critters and mega blocks and all of their books. And so you're kind of constantly walking this line of how are we going to use this? How do we need to use this? Mm-hmm. And that's tricky. And if you don't, I think when I get into so when I get into trouble personally in a space is when I don't acknowledge the need. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. And and I'm just thinking about what you said, yeah. all the children's books, hungry hippos, a place for the marbles to go, you yep. know, like all those things. If I, if I just decide, well, I don't want a little kid's cabinet in here, then I pay for it. Yeah. And there's just stuff everywhere I'm storing under couches. The minute I just acknowledge, okay, this might not exactly be your dream room, but yeah. it has to work. And then when you have peace about it, because it's working, then that opens the doors for creativity. Right. You know? so much easier to be creative because the need will sort of vomit into the want regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got one room, it's inescapable. Pe- yeah. It's inescapable. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to find its way in there. Um, if you have a need, like let's say in a bathroom that your family uses all the time, you, there's a need for toothbrushes and shampoo and extra toilet paper. Like these things are non-negotiable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you got to find a way you can either find a way to aesthetically deal with them in the best way possible, or they're just going to be litter in that room always. Right. 
So I think yeah. I think that's a great place to start is maybe just sort of scribbling down, you know, what do we what should this be? What do we need it to be? What do we want? Yeah, doing like a you know a needs list and a wants list, and then looking at them and saying, do uh, yeah. does does anything like negate or neutral knock out the other? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a need that that eliminates a want? Mm-hmm. Do I need a place to store X Y Z? And so that is going to eliminate my option of having like this light breezy open space with tons of wall spaces because the fact is I need a cabinet in this room right. or something. Right. It's, it is compromises, right? Mm-hmm. We're always making compromises with design. How often do we go to Pinterest and we find an image and we're like, this is it. This is the rug and it's $17,000. And you're like, okay, well, that's not the rug. So right. now I'm going to have to make a compromise. I'm going to have to find something that gives me the same sort of feel Yeah, that's because, in my budget. Yeah. Well, at least what you've done by exposing yourself and – Uh, Hello, Miss Champagne Taste on a Beer Budget. Like when you expose yourself to finer things, which Mm -hmm. maybe that's like another category that's not in this outline, but that's something that I do. Then I'm training my eye Mm -hmm. to look for pieces that look, I don't know what the word is, rich or elegant, but but are more affordable. And and, and looking, you know, training your eye to look for quality. Right. So often – Things that are knockoffs or cheaper, they're they have they're slightly cheesier. The prints are the prints are kind of the giveaway if you're talking about a rug or a pillow or a sofa. And so when you when you do look at higher end pieces, um, then you're training your eye what to look for. And because a lot of times people say to me, "How do you know like what to do? How do you how did you know to purchase that?" I'm like, well, because I'd seen an expensive version of it, and then I can identify this as something that will work in my in my world. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20. Summer is here. We are line drying our linens or lounging in bed after a long day of gardening, and we are doing both of these things with our American Blossom Linens. Softer with each washing, these are our favorite sheets. As fans of vintage linens, these are the best sheets ever. In fact, we call them modern vintage and you need to be sleeping on them. With a process called combing, all the rough fibers are pulled out of these organic, Texas-grown cotton sheets. This creates the softest, most beautiful linens for your home. Invest once because American Blossom Linens are woven to last a lifetime. That's right. Invest just once and never again with American Blossom Linens. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use our exclusive coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 for 20% off. Jovial Foods has been a longtime sponsor of Homemaker Chic, and we are so grateful for the good food that they add to our pantries. Visit jovialfoods.com. Jovial Foods is an amazing company that was founded by husband and wife team Carla and Rodolfo. After they discovered years ago that their daughter had a gluten sensitivity, they struck out to find grains that her body could easily digest and thrive off of eating, and that led them to einkorn. Einkorn is the oldest variety of wheat that we know about, and it's never been hybridized. It is rich in protein and has a weak gluten structure, which makes it really easy for our bodies to digest. Now Jovial Foods is the top supplier of einkorn flours in the world, and this has gone on to develop into einkorn pastas, Italian olive oils, 
Einkorn Snacks, and the top-rated gluten-free pasta line. This flour will change your baking world. So whether you're stocking your pantry with their beans, their oils, their cookies, crackers, pastas, or flours, visit jovialfoods.com to stock your whole food pantry with these amazing products. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com. Homemaker Chic listeners, I am inviting you to join my Old World Design Society four-hour summer session, a unique combination of a magazine publication and online support group. The Old World Design Society is a place for individuals who cherish the elements of a bygone era. Are you craving design inspiration or looking to skill up in decorating your home? As a part of the Old World Design Society, you'll have access to the full color magazine with no ads, rich, inspiring creativity and education, and best of all, you will meet friends who speak your language. Enjoy a quarterly publication, print or digital, a private forum, design challenges, and more. The Summer Magazine is now on sale and our private group session begins July 1st. Visit oldworld.parisianfarmgirl.com Get your summer magazine while they last, and I'll see you in the group, and together we will create fabulous spaces. Um, how do you feel about, you know, we talked briefly on taking in the rest of the architecture of your home uh-huh. so that it, it doesn't feel totally out of place, but right. you've also done sort of themed rooms before rooms that have different feels. So how do you, like, let's say there is a homemaker and she loves a certain style, but maybe for her bathroom or maybe for her living room, she kind of wants to play with a different style. Mm -hmm. How do you marry two different styles so that the house feels cohesive? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, especially when the room is cut off from another space, then you have more freedom. Mm-hmm. to get more creative. Um, I'm doing that in my greenhouse conservatory. It's cut off, so I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this, about like our courtyard in New Orleans that inspired me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I do is then there are like sort of themes throughout the house. So if I'm, say I'm creating a different look in my bathroom or in my courtyard, the artwork is going to be consistent with other pieces you see throughout the house. I'm not going to start bringing in like prints from t- from Target mm-hmm. or TJ Maxx or Hobby Lobby or something. I'm not going to like make it completely different. So the style might be have more of a theme. Mm-hmm. Like I really want that space to feel like sort of otherworldly and my upstairs bathroom is going to feel very different. But there's going to be like um something universal about it too, where you feel like, okay, this is the same house. I can see the same style of artwork or same Mm -hmm. influence. Um, I'm not going to just go like really change up the hardware style for the curtains or the, you know, the, what am I thinking of? The mounting brackets and the, you know, I'm going to keep it consistent, even though the space might feel different. But I do think that when a room is cut off, like your basement, you know, we've talked about this with your basement mm-hmm. bedroom. You have a really fabulous, perfect British cottage vibe going on. And your basement is so separate that mm-hmm. if you wanted to kind of swing the pendulum a little bit more to like a little bit more of a posh 
because I know you've used the word apartment Mm -hmm. feeling, you can do that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to fight what's going on upstairs. Right. Especially since we're the only two people that are allowed in our bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) So, and Stu really doesn't care. So as long as I'm happy with it. Um, One of the things that I find the hardest to do when I'm tackling a new project, and I've learned this the hard way, listeners, so hear me on this, is to actually, I've started to use my iPad to create a scaled bird's eye view of the room. So I actually measure it with a measuring tape. And I actually draw it out on this little drawing program that Stu has on the iPad because how often do you buy a rug and you're just like, wow, that looks actually not big enough or it's too, I've done too Mm -hmm. big before. Um, Things just, they don't have the right proportion. And if there's anything we don't want to do as homemakers, it's waste money, frankly, right? (laughs) Or time, time and money. Yeah. Um, so this is like, to me, the most boring, boring project. Part of a project is to actually scale it out. But it is so helpful, especially like if you're going to be buying a new bed or new couches or maybe thrifting for a table. What size a table? What height mm-hmm. does it need to be? I actually always carry a tape measure around in my purse when I go thrifting. Yes. Because if I'm looking for a little end table, for example, to go next to a couch, um, you got to know how high it is. Because have you ever bought one home and it's like sits four inches above your sofa arm and you're like, well, that won't do. That looks stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you do this? Do you map map out rooms and draw them out at all? Um, At the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And not always. So every woman, they say women um, don't have as good of depth perception as men. So I think (laughs) some women are different, but I think that does help. Mm-hmm. I have pretty good depth. My eye, like I have like a, it, a good memory as yeah. far as that goes. But if you struggle with that and in a new space, like when we were brand new here and I was just kind of getting my bearings for like, okay, how actually big is that room? Mm-hmm. You know, because the house felt so big when we first got here. Um, but I'm not as swanky as you. I just print graft paper mm-hmm. off the I've internet. done that. Yeah. No, I've done yeah. that. And, you know, you just measure your sofa. If your sofa is three feet deep and six feet long. There you go. Yep. There's your 18 square foot sofa and you can use the little, I just do a one square is one square foot yeah. you know, on the grid paper, yeah. graph paper. And you can just use a pencil yeah. and just play. And But that's a really good thing to do because then you get a feel for put all your doorways in, mm-hmm. put all your windows in, put all your light sockets in, put all those in first and Maybe run a few off on the printer so you're not always redoing it once you have like the master, you know, light sockets, windows, doors and everything. And then just start sketching Mm -hmm. and keep it with you when you're thrifting because then like I do carry a tape measure like you do. Mm -hmm. Then you've got it and you can reference it. Mm -hmm. I know we say thrifting and lots of people are normal and they're just going to the store and buying furniture. (laughs) But (laughs) why would you do that? Again with the thrifting, right? Well, yeah, we I also have to say thrifting because I also don't want people to think, oh, they're just redoing their living room. Like, no, oh, not, right. neither yeah. of us have just writing a dollar check for a new sofa. Nope. No, not happening. Not happening. <laughs> not happening. I just keep In looking fact, at myself. Can we just like, talk about the price of sofas? I don't get it. Do you know Shame. how many carts I built with sofas? I, I probably have shopped for sofas, picked them out 12 times, built the cart, never pushed purchase. They're too expensive. Yeah. But I also bought a Laconch. But I use my Laconch. Like, 
That's different. Uh, that's- I just can't. I'm like, you sit on it. You just sit on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a struggle. And t- again, with the eye, it doesn't matter what website, what store, my eye just goes like to the $28,000 one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter what would be wrong with the $850 sofa and why can't you like that one <sighs> yeah. I know oh, our, my sofa I think I've talked about this before uh my fabulous green velvet sofa is really not fabulous mm-hmm. it's really bad someday I'm gonna have a guest and they're gonna sit down and the threadbare fabric <laughs> is just gonna go <laughs> an orange foam is going to come out Yep. I've had a chair collapse under a guest. Oh, before. I've done. I have as well. That was awesome. Yep. <laughs> and my IKEA sofa. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's stuck taped. It's bad. But it's, it's also really a season bad. of life. Like th- and this is where I kind of get yeah. s- held up on really expensive furniture is that I still have four children at home. And I will have yeah. four children for many more years ahead. And I'm all about buying it once and buying it right and not having to replace it every three or four years because I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want to be doing projects until I die. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I love the garden for that is because there's always stuff to do out there. There's always projects. There's right. always something to putz on. I don't need to be messing with buying new sofas all the time as much as I love interior design stuff. Anyway. Okay. But but like, how do you do that? Like my Ikea sofa is seven years old. I really should just buy another one. I mean, yeah. it's gross. And then in five years. And maybe that's sofa. what I should do. Maybe I should yeah. just give in and just get the Ikea sofa. If Ikea would just make a bright Kelly green sofa. Seriously. They, they, in velvet, they that would money. be fine. If they would. Why is that such, why is why that is that so, so hard to ask? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Ikea. Are you listening? Okay. All that, all that taken into account. Mm-hmm. When I look at a room, I always think, I can't remember where I originally picked this advice up, but um. It's looking at the room without its furnishing. So without its curtains, without any furniture, without any area rugs, without any accessories, Mm -hmm. the room, which is whatever's on the wall, either paint or wallpaper, the molding, the structure, the layout, uh, how, you know, maybe, maybe some people are doing the type of room renovations where they're going to be potentially putting in bigger windows or different windows Mm -hmm. or opening up a wall. Or once that's all taken into account. I love to ask the question, does the room look good naked? If you took everything out of it, is it beautiful? I feel like this is where a lot of people go wrong because the shell is not beautiful. They try to make it beautiful with the stuff they put in it. And I would argue, do the opposite. Invest your time and your money, not on those things, but on making the room itself beautiful, whether that's more molding or maybe a a nicer wallpaper or a really rich paint or maybe it is saving up the extra money and making a bigger window. I hate mm-hmm. small windows. Um I Shay, I hate small windows. That is such a trend. Is it, it? that is like to me that no, it's the hallmark of modern architecture. Like, you know, the cornfield neighborhoods, right? Okay. They take a cornfield here in the Midwest and they put in all the houses. Okay. Right? Well, what are we doing? Well, we got like windows this are huge expanse of siding and then like these little tiny windows. Oh, mm-hmm. makes me nuts. And then they side the chimneys and nothing ticks me <laughs> off like a sided chimney. Stone it. 
stone the chimney. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was the first stay thing on, actually. Stay on topic, Andrew. <laughs> that was the first thing we did in our house was actually invest in bigger windows. I remember And basically everything. This room has a bigger window. The one downstairs in our bedroom now has the, all the windows in the kitchen. We put in an extra window by the kitchen door. Just more mm. windows. These things are more expensive, but these things are ultimately, it's like an investment in not having to buy a bunch of crap to try and make it look good just because you got a beautiful window. Right. And it's the whole, it's, you know, others, you know, I've already referenced wardrobe. Now I'm going to go for skin. It's like your skin, like spend the money on your skin, take care of your skin, then worry about your makeup and all that stuff. Right. You know, start. Start with the foundation of right. what you're looking at. And it's true. A lot of when you're just um, like just buying stuff to to cover up maybe something that's boring, like better to start with the bones. Better to start with the bones. And even if you can't afford, let's say, to put in a new window, because new windows are expensive, yeah, worth your investment if you're actually going to, you know, if you say we've got a $2,000 budget that we've saved and we're going to redo our living room, I would spend mm-hmm. a bunch of that on a window. I would. Because I think it's really important. But if that's not a possibility, there's still really good ways that you can make a room interesting. Like I think, and I'm so glad this trend is coming back, although I don't really think of that as a trend, but um, wallpaper to me, like wallpaper is hot. Wallpaper is one of the easiest ways to transform your wall wallpaper and trim in a good paint. I Mm. mean, and if you can't afford to wallpaper a whole room, wallpaper halfway down, put a chair rail in and then right. paint the bottom half. Like there, there's creative ways to go about it. But then let's say you take all the furniture out and you're looking at the room. You're like, dang, that's a pretty wallpaper. And mm-hmm. look at all that trim. That is such a good investment for a room. Which yeah. is the million dollar question. Do we wallpaper or do we paint? Um. I really struggle with that because I love wallpaper. Um, but then I find that my love for wallpaper takes me like off course of what I really want my house to look like. So I, I'm actually in like process. Okay. Do I love wallpaper for me mm-hmm. or do I love wallpaper on English eccentric home? Mm-hmm. Like on the, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Why do you feel like tricky. it takes you off course? Uh, well, Cheesy. I watched my movie again last weekend, a good year. Yeah. And I'm looking at the house. I'm like, I love that house. Stay the course, Ange. Yeah. Stay the course. Because I've got like William Morris wallpaper samples hanging in my hallway. And it, gosh, it would look beautiful and like rich and elegant. And I just do you feel like I just don't know? I, I feel just, like wallpaper kicks it a little bit more British. Just in terms of yours and my style, let's say. I do. Uh, yeah, and then for sure. I think of French, that Frenchy feel, especially like a chateau. I think of just panel, like paneled walls. Mm-hmm. All the ornate trim. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I do feel like, uh, I mean, British homes will have paneling too, but like the French is going to, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I feel like anywhere that I've hung my wallpaper samples, then that's where I'm like, okay, and now you are swinging the pendulum towards your British country house mm-hmm. fascination mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So I just can't decide. It's hard. And so I cannot decide. 
But, you know, yeah. amen for peel and stick wallpaper. I don't mm-hmm. think in t- like today we have to be afraid of wallpaper anymore. You don't have to have it for an eternity. You don't have to destroy the house yeah. to put it up. Yeah. You know, you don't have to hire someone. Peel and stick wallpaper is fascinating. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a good question to ask. And we're talking about making the room look good naked. You know, what are we going to do with the walls? But, um, How are we going to make the walls yeah. interesting? Beige, yeah. sheetrocked, generically textured walls. There's a lot you can do there to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And no amount of knickknacks and even beautiful antiques. It's not It's not going to look quite, quite right. Um, at the very least, get a really good paint color. But that again, that takes like a lot of like you have to just get samples and yeah. and put them up and yep and see what you think. Yep, I think there's probably some really good apps right now too via Benjamin Moore or Sherman Williams where you can pop the color into your space mm. and see what you think too. Like those, yeah, try on a hairstyle. Yep, <laughs> try on a hairstyle once. My friend and Natalie, Etsy, as far as she uh she's really great. She's worked with an interior designer to pick out her paint colors. And she mm-hmm. had the recommendation, like, you go buy a poster board, go buy a sample, paint the poster board, and hang it up on your wall. So she was trying mm-hmm. to decide between, like, six different grays. And I, that might sound fussy, but it's not because it it really does change. Is it a cool gray? Is it a warm gray? And I loved that idea. Yeah. It's a very inexpensive way to make sure that you get it right the first time. Right. And be patient and, like, look at your weather forecast Use candlelight, use light bulbs, yeah. cloudy days, sunny days, because like the gray is going to take on like a more of a pink color. Totally. More of a green. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to sit with it, stare at it, make sure you get it right. The way I love to pick a color palette is to find an image that I love that just gives me the vapors. And I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's Kelly green. It's navy. It's cream. And it's a kind of a burnt red. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to go for here. I think color palettes probably are another just complete point where people seize up. And frankly, I think this is why Joanna Gaines has made probably billions of dollars at this point. <laughs> she just got rid of it. She just got rid Forget of it. Forget color. <laughs> Forget it. We'll throw in some flowers and maybe a couple throw pillows that have color. But she made it possible. I mean, genius, really. For the homemaker to feel confident going into a room and being like, what am I going to do here? I know I'm going to paint it one of these six shades of white that she recommends. I'm going to keep everything very neutral, just cream colored, you know, burlapy sack kind of colored sofas, Mm -hmm. oatmeal accents, get some nice green Mm -hmm. houseplants, bada bing, bada boom. There you go. That's what I'm going to do. It makes it easy. You don't have to spend too much time thinking about it. That can be done really well. If you have an all white farmhouse, I'm... Not. <laughs> it's fine. That's what I'm saying. It's fine. I could never do that. I love color and saturation way too much. But I think the point is, I think women do that because they don't know what color to choose. Yeah. Yeah, it works. I mean, it's that's a, it's a good technique if you just want to yeah play safe and 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 you know, move with some confidence if you're new to it. Something I noticed, um, okay, so restoration hardware. Yeah. 
you can get their big lookbook, you know, a couple times a year. And I noticed about a decade ago, you know, when they first started, they were very clean cut, sterile. Mm -hmm. They had a really branded look. And then as maybe like this whole like brocante mindset started coming in, and I'm not talking about like the last couple of years, could got to be a good decade ago. If you look at their catalogs, they would bring in pieces then to soften Mm -hmm. that cookie cutter look. So then they were adding like the random antique in the corner or the or an oil painting or things that weren't available to purchase, but it was just sort of bringing more of a hominess mm-hmm. and more of an individuality to those pages. So they all just didn't like have that, that look. And I think that can be employed if you are attracted to like the, the white farmhouse look that jo- Joanna Gaines style is to yeah. step off the path a little bit and bring in a few unique p- pieces an all white and cream room with a pop of Kelly Green that's not a house plant is going to be fabulous. Like don't mm-hmm. don't be afraid. Like if that if that's where you can operate safely, you know, do that. Get it get it set up and then keep your eye out for a killer colorful colorful rug or some beautiful pieces of art to I, you know, for me, it's gonna warm it up a little bit. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree. Um which kind of to me goes to the next. Okay, so we've we've laid it out. We've talked, we've thought through how the room is going to look without anything in it. Mm-hmm. We've sort of decided how to add some interest either with the windows, with the walls, with the trim, whatever that may be. I think probably one of the most overlooked aspects of room design in general is lighting. <laughs> and when you, I remember when we worked with the company that produced our Food Network pilot, there was a cameraman, his name was Rob, and he showed me how. Because he shot for this show called The Dead Files, which is like mm-hmm. weird paranormal kind of stuff. And he would okay. show me how they would take the lights, the same lights that they were going to use on me in my kitchen to film this, and how they would sort of manipulate them to be all of a sudden really spooky, cold, sterile, because mm-hmm. that's the feeling that they wanted to bring to The Dead Files. Mm-hmm. And I remember just watching him sort of explain this to me and just being fascinated, like, We have the ability with lighting to manipulate the feeling of a room way more than we realize. So to me, when when I'm thinking about how do I want this room to feel, you have to seriously factor in lighting. Mm. And there's this great Nick Lewis on YouTube. He calls it the boob light. (laughs) The nipple light. I always called it the nipple light. (laughs) That like the eleven dollar one that's at like Menards, everywhere, Home Depot, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> the boob light. Yep. Oh my gosh, that's the first thing I do in a space. Like I remember our first house had a boob light. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not interesting. It's also not flattering. There's nothing about that that flatters. It's like doing your makeup in fluorescent lighting, like. Mm-hmm. It's just never going to. Now, if you do your makeup by candlelight, all of a sudden you're like, I look really good. (laughs) I told Stu, it's actually not fair that people used to be able to like make love to candlelight because everybody's skin looks amazing in candlelight. It's like just the right shadows. I'm like, imagine this. This is great. (laughs) It's true. I just finished an Outlander passage about love and the firelight. Yeah, firelight. There's another (laughs) one. (laughs) 
Um, so I mean, I have my staples that I go to, which are vintage chandeliers that have been, you know, Mm -hmm. rewired and, and I love it because you can soften the little shandy bulbs with a sconce kind of a thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Lampshade. A lampshade. Yeah. (laughs) And you can do this with white ones if you want to keep it brighter, or you can actually, like I have some in my dining room because I love soft light in there. They're actually Mm -hmm. kind of a dark pink and it really changes the tone in that room Mm. so that when you sit down, even if the light's on, you feel cozy, you know, it it doesn't feel harsh. Your light bulb is dark pink? No, no, no. The lampshade. Oh, gotcha. Oh, the lampshade makes... Depending if it's like a yellowish lampshade yeah. or cream That's or what I'm red, saying, man. it's a huge difference. Um, yeah, I always – so you've got 60 watt, 40 watt, 25 watt for your shandy bulbs. Yep. I always do frosted glass. And then wherever I can, they're on a dimmer. Mm-hmm. And because that then you can adjust it according to – Yep. So the sunlight. Our house – doesn't really have we've we've had some in like we had this shandable shandy which you can't see but there wasn't really overhead lighting because the house is built what is with that it was with the house wasn't built with electricity <laughs> like it was literally built yeah. before electricity mine was and like yeah nothing oh yeah, yeah. it's uh it, that's in some of my rooms just nothing annoying our whole living room that entire space didn't have any overhead lighting and it's a it's a big living room that's a big room um so then when you're thinking about putting light in a room, like how do you mm-hmm. even what do you do? How do you go about that? Well, if if you're going to bring in an electrician, I mean, that's where I really think your graft paper and getting a feel for generally speaking, how is this room going to be laid out? Because like I love a chandelier hanging low over a coffee table. Right. So, if I know the basic measurements of my sofa and it's not going to probably even if I replace the sofa, it's going to be really similar, mm-hmm. you know. And so, this might not necessarily be the center of the room, like in my living room, but this is the center, and probably always will be the center of the seating area of the room, you know. Mm-hmm. Then put the chandelier in there, and you. What you can do is, if it's if there's a possibility for it to be adjusted, have him add some extra um, chain. And extra wire, and you can just sort of um, carabiner it up, and then put a garter over yeah. it. But that way, you've got extra slack. And if you ever do need to swag it mm-hmm. to adjust, because that's really fun to swag it and have it hanging over one side of the sofa, for example, mm-hmm. then you have that extra leeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in general, the rule here is just don't forget the lighting. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it. Again, let's say we take all that furniture out of our living room, but we've got you know, maybe a beautiful wallpaper up. We've got a chair railing um, and we've got a beautiful chandelier, whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't need to look like the chandeliers that Angela and I have, but Mm -hmm. you've got beautiful lighting. That room looks good. It looks good. And that is where your money is going to actually transform your space because you get something like a nice throw blanket, let's say from Target. How many times have I done this? I want to go out on Friday. I'm feeling good. I get a new throw blanket and it lasts for 40 days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it's destroyed because a cat pukes on it or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would have been better yeah. to to truly to stop shopping as much, save the money and invest mm-hmm. it in something that is actually going to transform the space because there's cheap ways to do that. I mean, cheap in terms of effort and energy exerted. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, look, a new throw blanket. This room feels fabulous now. Yes, 
for a moment. But that's a really short-term solution to maybe a bigger issue. And I think that's where a lot of people get dissatisfied. Yeah. I, uh, I lighting makes a huge difference. Did you see my duck lamp? No. My new my new infamous duck lamp. So our listeners that uh, watch YouTube know what I'm talking about. I did a video last week about like come thrift with me. Mm-hmm. And I found this lamp and I just thought like this is either really ugly and really stupid or this is so cool. It's going to go either way. <laughs> I had a feeling it was going to err on the side of cool. It's just this big porcelain mallard duck in all like these colors, like teal and cream and brown and fabulous. And it has this huge drum shade, which is a little like, you know, 70s, 60s for me, but as a teal stripe around the drum shade, 20 bucks. I put it in my hall, like my foyer. Okay. Oh my gosh. It looks so good. It is the dorkiest light, but it's big up against this big mirror. So you kind of got this, you have this pop of scale. Okay. And it's next to some of my more natural things. People were horrified. I have a snake skin and a honeycomb and some yeah. more naturalistic collection things from outside. It's you gotta see it. Okay. It's really cool. It's like I don't the know duck the general consensus was like love the duck lamp, but it's just an example of how a twenty dollar lamp completely changed this space. Yeah. Totally. Which actually kind of leads us to our final point of... Okay. Well, A, I think you've got to... When you look at a room, you've got to think, where's the contrast? Mm -hmm. The homogenization of it all. If everything's soft and plush or everything's hard and angular, it's like you were talking about with the restoration hardware. You have... Mm -hmm. It's like the salt and the sweet in the kitchen or the acid. Like, you got to create that vibrancy somewhere. So I think something like that, whether it's with textures or whether it's with colors, when you're looking at your space, just think, where's the contrast here? Mm -hmm. Answer that question. And a lot of times we can do this in furniture, for example, or in colors, but accessories, like this is the final layer. Or as one of my favorite interior designers, she said, like art is, that is the cherry on top. Like that is the final layer to go in because art is really easy to manipulate in terms of lighting, in terms of options. There's a lot. There's not a ton always you can do with layout, but there's a lot you can do with art and with accessories. Mm -hmm. So that's why we wait until the end to do this part, to make sure that we're not wasting money and time on accessories. But accessories are amazing because our accessories are what like bring it all together. Mm-hmm. That's how you get, that's how you reflect your personality, whether it's like right. postcards from places that you visited. I finally, I went to Paris 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I just finally got around to framing these black and white postcards of old vintage Paris streets. And I love it because it's, it's a memory for me. It's a, it's a special thing. Um mm-hmm. Or I'll keep special wine bottles or special, you know, I have like our little New Orleans cookbook with next to some other cookbooks that I've collected in traveling or, I mean, this is the you layer. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, this cannot be understated because Mm -hmm. when you go to Target and you think, oh, I'll just buy these accessories. 
I'm not dogging shopping at Target. I'm just saying maybe just put a little bit more effort into thinking, who am I? How is that reflected in this space? How is what I love brought into this space? We always Mm -hmm. joke, we get our beeswax candles from our friend Rosemary, who does an amazing job. We'll make sure to tag her in the show notes, but she makes beautiful beeswax candles. And I love burning them because every time I see them, I'm like, Rosemary made this. And Rosemary gives me such beautiful feelings. And I love thinking about her. And yes, Mm -hmm. it's just a candle, but it's, it's not just a candle. Right. It's something special. It's something reflective of our life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's, yeah. And it's um, by being creative with your accessories, you can, you can voice even your family's history, even if it's not actual pieces from your family's history, you can still give a nod to, to grandparents or where people came from, whether it's via maps. Yeah. Or a certain piece of art, or it really is, like you said, it's the you layer. I love that. Yeah. I have this yeah. oil painting of this beautiful sort of 40s style woman in my dining room. I got her on Etsy. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. And like a debutante, like society no, she, painting. Sort of. She's like a society Yeah, a society painting. woman. Yeah. She's got her pin curls and her red lips. She's beautiful. And I always have people ask me, like, is, she, is this somebody in your family? I'm like, no, but this mm-hmm. is my friend. Like, mm-hmm. she's here and I talk to her. And She's just overlooking all of our dinner parties that we're having. And it's all it's all good, beautiful things. Can you guys hit the door? It was fixed. Okay. Sorry. So Like you said, even if you don't have a ton of things to draw from yet, like especially if you're young Mm -hmm. and maybe you're just decorating your first apartment, it's a great thing to ask because it'll keep you just from buying a bunch of crap, basically. Yeah. Even if it's there's so many, I mean, there's so many options. Like think about if you're young, think about the college you went to. Go on Etsy and try to find a vintage poster of that college (laughs) and have it framed Mm -hmm. and like nice and big. Um, When Darla moved to her um, first house mm-hmm. out of an apartment, I found a, a huge vintage map of her resort town where they live. And it was like the same paint colors, like same color scheme. She had just gotten an off-white piano. This map was off-white and brown. Mm-hmm. It's totally like she's not an antiques person at all, but it's a statement piece. Yeah. It looks awesome over her piano. It's personal because that town means so much to their family. Yeah. Just get Get creative. Get creative with those accessories. The you All right. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about, but that's good because it'll keep us on the air for years to come. If we'd ever had anything to say, <laughs> then we'd be done here. <laughs> so uh, make sure that you share with us over on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Tag us in your story if you want to share maybe a piece that's personal to you or maybe you're upgrading lighting or whatever it is. Tag us so that we can share that in our stories so that it can inspire others as well. Yes. Um, and do support the sponsors of Homemaker Chic Podcast that keep it on the air. Make sure you visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic and get that order in now so that you can get that rosé before July 4th. And um, I suppose that's it. We'll be back here on Thursday. Yes. We'll see what the contractor says. With, with, with an bells update, on. With bells on. All right, ladies, have a great week and we'll be back here on Thursday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.